the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. My name's Arif Halaby. Total Financial Hour, TFS. Financial insurance services, talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for retirement. You know, a lot of people will treat debt, for example, today the same as when you had 36% interest credit cards, 9% home loans, 12% car loans. You know, debt is bad, of course, if it's bad debt. Debt is good if it's good debt. Now, I know for some of you old timers, you're thinking, what did this guy lose his mind? No, uh, it's not, no, I didn't. Thank you for asking. It's more about a couple of things. It's about you trying to figure out the best use of your money. That's the difference. So, for example, if I own this building and it is, and it costs me $10 million to buy it, and my payment each month is $80,000 a month, but my rents generate 100000 well, then this debt is good. It, it brings in $20,000 a month into my pocket. And you can add zeros, take away zeros, uh, you know, to make an example out of whatever we're trying to achieve here. But, but think about this. Don't, debt is not bad all the time. If it's used to purchase something that is an asset that creates income, well, you need to make sure you have enough money to pay it. It would be great to pay it off someday. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't want you to live in a box thinking all debt is bad and your best way to retire is to try to get below zero in spending. That's not going to work. You're still going to have property taxes. You're still going to have to eat dinner and pay electric bills and gas you know, uh, bills, etc. So these are things that you have to concentrate on much, much more than today's interest rates on bad debt. But, but I'm still saying pay off bad debt, of course. But I don't want you to get overwhelmed with it. I mean, you see, this is that's a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a fine line. That when you're thinking about how do I manage my finances in order to retire, it isn't by looking at your your debt clock on your on your wrist and saying, "Well, when I'm paid down to zero, that's the day I could retire." Well, maybe, or maybe not. Because in your particular case, there may be a time to retire sooner, provided you have more money coming in than that's going out. So even if you have a car payment of $500 a month, 
but you you have more money coming in from your pensions and your rental properties and your social security checks or your your required minimum distributions all of those things equal enough to be able to afford a car payment then enjoy the car you're going to probably be alive a lot longer than you're able to drive a car think about your parents grandparents how many of them you know there was a particular age where they said you know what it's just not safe for me to drive anymore they're still here and yet they're not able to drive a car. So I, I want you to enjoy life. I don't want you to be somebody who dies with a million dollars to give to your, your spoiled brat kids or grandkids. There's just something about them not respecting money if they didn't earn it. I don't know. It's just the way it goes. It's part of the system. It's part of nature, I guess. And so there are things you can do along the journey. And I guess that's for another show that when somebody inherits money, how they can and should be uh, trained and taught to respect it, to be a part of it, to have something that works for them when it comes to, I guess, managing or building a part of their financial life. Fine, we can do that. And here's an, impar- uh, you know, an apartment building that you inherited. Or here is a primary residence that you inherited. Now, I want to encourage you to look at Proposition 19, what the communist state of California passed. Because Prop 19 took away a lot of the, the benefits for you to own real estate and pass it on as a wealth transfer to your children. So when you pass away and your kids inherit your house, unless they're going to live there, they do not get the same tax benefits that they did prior to November 2020. And let's be clear for a second. It is not passed by conservatives. It is not passed by hardworking people who want to pass on their wealth to their children. These kinds of things are are phony and they trick people like me and you and others to vote for things that they shouldn't be voting for. Because when you tell them the truth at the end of the story, they don't be, believe it. They don't buy it. I think enough of you need to understand that California is setting itself up to not, to not be a place for people to retire or to have build wealth. It's going to become one big Disneyland. It's going to become one big vacation place. You come and you go. That's it. You're not going to build wealth. You're not going to build your your family's future here. Now, maybe, look, if if you're 70-something, 65, 80, you're probably going to be, this is it for you. But it isn't you that I'm worried about. It's the next generation because the next generation, they're the ones that work to pay the taxes so that you can continue to have the benefits, right? Medicare and Social Security are federal benefits, but a lot of the other things that seniors enjoy require somebody to be here working for it. And California is slowly pushing that away, in some cases, radically pushing that away. So be very careful on some of this, I don't know, on some of this system, the way that they're, that they're, uh, they're building the Proposition 19. Their goal is to strip away Proposition 13. It's to leave it as the, the kernel in the center, the nugget in the cernel, uh, the center, and strip away everything else. The inherited property rules. The, the maximum that they can step up uh, taxes each and every year. There's nothing to be said that they're going to cut spending. I mean, the distractions that, that the Democrats are doing and the progressive left are doing to keep you from realizing the amount of money that they blow on stuff in this state, the amount of jobs that they have that are government jobs, that are union jobs, that are not necessary. In other words, there's just no reason for them. They're, they're not bad people, but you have six people watching one guy dig a hole. Go back to normal. Make it three people watching one guy dig a hole. 
You had jobs in Caltrans. You've heard me mention this uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say secret study, but a review that was done by a member of uh, the legislative branch here in California. And they found out there was over 3,000 duplicate jobs in Caltrans. 3,000. 3,000 benefits, 3,000 sick days, 3,000 health insurance that has to be paid for, pension, and on and on. Instead of saying, hey, let's kind of work through this like it's a real company, let's make sure we respect and honor the taxpayer dollars. Instead, the unions and the Caltrans uh, organization and the the Democrat leadership said, well, you know, that's 3,000 less people that are paying dues. That's 3,000 less people that are going to be supporting my candidacy. So we're not going to do anything. Let's raise taxes on those lousy son of a guns that are just making money hand over fist. So there are some things to be concerned about, especially if you're planning on staying here, especially if you plan on, on, uh, you know, being here for more than five years. Now that it looks like, I don't know if we're hundred percent yet, but it looks like the Biden, uh, right. This phony office of the president of elect never existed before. What a phony. It's the, the only F word I can use on radio. <laughs> Phonetically speaking. And he created this office of the president-elect. Didn't exist. He was trying to give himself legitimacy. So if that, if that individual in his slippers and uh, you know, drool cup and, and bib walks through the, the halls of the White House, if he ends up taking over... You can expect him to give California more money. That's what they want to do. They've been trying to sneak that in all these bills. Right? You saw that. Oh, we got to help out these states. These states were a mess before. L.A. County was a mess before. L.A. City nearly bankrupt before. And now you want to give them money so that instead of saying, hey, you're going to have to start cutting back. You know, you're giving people jobs where they get to take a month off per year. You don't get a month off per year. And these are government workers. Uh, listen, I was one. I get it. And you're giving them automatic pay raises in some cases. You're paying them way more than the local wages should, should support. And instead of fixing that or reducing it or cutting back or just saying, listen, guys, your benefit is you, you can't get fired unless you punch your boss. And even then you'll just get transferred. So you have some job security, right? That's what they always said. Get a job at the city. Get a job with the, with the state, the, the county, because they know you wouldn't be fired. All right, you have that security. There's a price for that. It's called lower wages. It's called less benefits. It's called you're going to have to pay for, for some of your uh, retirement a little bit more. Oh, wait, it's not fair? All right, then go get a job with the private industry. Yes, you'll make a lot more money. And you may be laid off sometimes. You may be transferred. You may be fired. So if you're going to stay here, expect to pay these taxes. I think they are coming in droves because the loan that the Biden administration would give the Gavin Newsom administration is going to transfer to you. You heard me say this in in 2015 when the state of California borrowed money from the Obama administration. They went through and the state of California taxed penalized all of the employers. So for every employee that you had in the state of California, you had to pay $150 per year. And when that first, that was supposed to help pay back the loan. Well, they didn't. They spent that money. The state did. 
the Democrats. So Toyota said, you know what? This isn't looking good. We're out of here. So did Pepsi. So did Frito-Lay. Companies started divesting and leaving the state of California. Uh, Allstate Insurance was laying out plans to leave the state of California. Yes, some of them went to Texas, but others went to Arizona and Nevada and and, uh, West Virginia and Virginia. They went to other states. Because a a year later, a couple years later, Nestle says, all right, well, that's okay. They're going to fix it. Well, after $150 for that year, the next year it was $175 per employee. Now, I have eight employees or something. Uh, it, it, it hurts. I don't want to spend that extra 1000 or $2,000. All right, I get it. You, you don't. But it isn't 1,000 employees. It is not Nestle's 5,000 employees. So within months of that second penalty for employing people in the state, Nestle said, we're out of here. And they started looking and they left the city of Glendale with a big building empty. And then you think the state of California would learn, but nope. The next year they spent that money, so they needed $200 per employee. So we pay right now, I believe it's $225 or $250 per employee in the state of California. That means if you hire somebody, you are penalized for hiring them. Oh, wait a second. Guess, guess who is exempt? The cities, the counties, the quasi-government agencies like Caltrans and, and uh, community colleges and state universities. Yeah. Just kidding for them. So these are, these are issues that you have to know if you're going to stay here. I believe they, they ruined this state. You know, listen, I love the state of California, but I think they ruined it. All right, here's what, a couple of things that I want to do. I want to give you some age brackets. Now, these are very important birthdays or ages that you need to know. Kiplinger has a great uh, article on this. I thought I'd bring it to your attention because I want to kind of give you my perspective on it, what to do as you mark through these different birthdays. First one is age 50, five zero. Why? Because there is a an increase in your retirement accounts that you are allowed to put in. So at age 50, even if you turn 50 years old, December 31st, for that year, you are allowed to add an extra $1,000 to your retirement account, to your traditional or your Roth IRA. So instead of 6000 a year, you can do 7000 a year. It's kind of nice. And that's at age 50. And then it, it's every year after that. You can add that extra $1,000 a year. But you have to know this because if you are putting in the maximum and you just stay at the 6000 number, well, then you can't increase it because you just didn't even know it existed. Now, if it's a, if it's a 401k, you know, a company-sponsored plan like a 403b, et cetera, you are allowed to put in an additional $6,500 per year. So that's a total of $26,000 in 2020 and $26,000 in 2021. And that $7,000 figure, that also applies for 2020 and 2021. So I want you to consider maxing out, putting in the maximum amount if you're going to hit age 50. Now, what happens at age 59 and a half? Because at age 59 and a half, you can begin to withdraw from those retirement accounts that you used to work at or, or retirement accounts that are in a traditional IRA without paying that 10% penalty. 
So there is a 10% penalty if you pull money from your retirement accounts prior to age 59 and a half. Now, throw a little asterisk next to that because there still is a way to withdraw money from your retirement accounts and not pay that 10% penalty. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you the rule. It's called Rule 72T. 72T, as in Tom. Just write that down, set it to the side. If you want to withdraw money from your retirement accounts prior to age 59 and a half, you can do it as long as you follow that rule. But after age 59 and a half, eh, take it all out, take out some. You'll pay taxes if it's subject to tax, but you're not going to pay that penalty, that 10% penalty. Okay, so 59 and a half, that's a big number. It's a big number to pay attention to. What happens at the next birth date that matters? Age 62. Now, for many of you, beginning Social Security at age 62 is a smart move. Now, if you are an educator or somebody who worked privately enough to, uh, to create and earn Social Security credits, but you know that once you begin receiving a pension from the city or the state or the county, whatever it might be, they're going to withhold that, 62, uh, that, that uh, Social Security money. But they don't withhold it if you have a job, especially if you have a part-time job making less than about, uh, it's around 15000 a year. Then you can still receive your Social Security check at age 62. Once you start your pension, they're going to take it back anyway, or at least you know most of it. So you might as well, where there's an overlap of age 62 to working, try to get some of that money back. Sometimes you can. Because your pension counts differently than your income. But in any case, hey, check it out. Age 62, you can start Social Security. What I would consider doing, if you have a husband and wife, and one of you are earning a lot more than the other person, then I want one of you, the lower of the two, to start Social Security earlier. Say, but Arif, why would I wait? Why, why not wait till age 70? Well, listen, age 70, it's, it's 30% more. But number one is tomorrow isn't promised to anybody. Number two is once one of you passes away, you lose the lower of the two Social Security checks anyway. So if you both are making 2500 a month, when one of you passes away, you're going to lose 2500 a month and you, you only receive one. So yes, let's start a little earlier. Maybe it's 1200 a month. Maybe it's a little more, a little less. But that $1,200 a month, you're going to be able to collect for a lot longer. And especially if one of you is sick, right? Ill, have something going on where, where I mean, we have to kind of be a little bit blunt about it, I guess. And you probably aren't going to make it till age 80. Then I want you to begin Social Security sooner. Consider buying life insurance with some of that money. That's a tax-free transfer. You're going to lose that check anyway. And when that person passes away, at least now we have a life insurance policy that kicks in and that's tax-free. And that could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we lose the lower of the, of the social security. We use some of that money to buy a life insurance policy. We win. Now, most seniors are always advised, wait, wait, wait till age 70. Well, you're different. Everybody's different. Sometimes it makes sense to file benefits as soon as you're able to, right? I don't want you to 
to not enjoy life from age 62 to 70, to not financially be able to enjoy the things that you want to do, whether it's travel or or just have a little bit of a cushion in your life so that you can reach age 70 and say, great, now I can do the things that I, I never could do, but my knees don't work the same or my back hurts or my grandchildren are already grown. So going to visit them, you know, their schedules are tough and it's, it's going to be difficult. I'd prefer you live life between age 62 and 70. Now, in a perfect world, well, you have other assets, you have other monies. But a lot of people don't. So don't be kind of lulled into this, well, everybody else is taking it at age 70, so therefore I must. I don't know about that. I don't know. I I think each case is different, and there really isn't a right or a wrong answer to it. I, I think your case is different. Okay, that's age 62. You could begin Social Security. I would always recommend, if you're going to begin it, start with the one that is lower between the two, right? Start with the one that, that is, has a lower payment and let the one that is the larger one ride for a while and just continue to grow. Okay, at age 66 or 67, depending on your, your birth date, okay, if you were born in 1954, then you are age 66. For every uh, two months, sorry, for every year after 1954, so in other words, if you were born in 1955, you're 66 years old and two months. If you were born in 1956, you're 66 and four months. And that is called your full retirement age. Your full benefit or full retirement age, also known as FRA, now that gives you a check that's supposed to, quote, be the zero. That's the normal. If you took it earlier, you you paid a penalty. If you took it later, you got a benefit, a bonus, extra money. So when you look at your Social Security statement and it says your full retirement age benefit is $2,500, Okay, but it's not 2500 if you took it at age 62. It's going to be a lot less, maybe 1700 or something. So kind of, you know, do the math to see if that full retirement age, most of you still think it's age 65. Oh, at age 65, well, that was, I guess that changed, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, probably 1994, if I remember right, 96 maybe, where the, the age 65 thing isn't what it used to be. The age 65 thing, right? That's the number that it was from Roosevelt until the 90s. Now, truth be told, it should have easily been adjusted as we went. It should have been changed as we went and, and, and made you know, a little bit simpler so that Social Security would last. But they didn't make the changes until much later. Of course, it's a little bit. It's better than not being you know, too late. It's better to have something. But that full retirement age can give you some really nice and interesting things. Now, here's an age that's kind of in between there. At age 65, by the way, I want you to apply for Medicare. Because one of the ages I didn't talk about was that age in which Medicare premiums are, are a fixed number. So at age 65, usually a couple months before... Apply for, so, for Medicare. Why? Because if you don't, you pay a penalty. Some of you know this. You, made it, you learned the hard way. You say, oh, I don't need, Medica- I don't need Medicare. I, I don't want it. Okay, now I'm going to apply. And you're 66 years old. There's a penalty, and that penalty lasts the rest of your life. You will pay a higher premium because you waited 
to turn on and to pay for your Medicare premiums. So at age 65, think about Medicare. The next one is age 66 or age 67, where you have something called the full retirement age. Then what happens at age 70? Well, if you didn't start Social Security earlier, this is the last time it grows. So whatever your Social Security check, $3,000 a month at age 70, that's it. It's never going to get higher than that unless Congress or the president pass a, you know, a rule. Prior to that, it grows at 8% per year. But it stops. At age 70, there is no more growth. So you might as well turn it on. And then, one of my favorite, age 72. Thank you, President Trump, for changing what was an outdated and a ridiculous law that made you to start withdrawing money at age 70 and a half, called a required minimum distribution. President Trump came along, and, and early on, I remember, because we paid attention to it, and he said, Eric, this, <laughs> as if he was talking to me, he said, financial people, this is enough. We're going to stop this. So the required minimum distribution to begin taking out money is age 72. All right, those are some of the ages. Stay with me, because what should you never keep in a safe deposit box? ha. <laughs> I think you're going to be surprised. Some things you're going to regret keeping in a safe deposit box. We got that when we come back. I'm Arif Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Stay with me. Now Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably.